Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Are you ready for a three-hour Batman movie? We could be saying goodbye to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Real Steel is set for the small screen and it's time for Chicken Run to make some nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the uh, Santa Claus is returning. The Mighty Ducks have a new coach, and let's just say that Star Trek has been renewed, all of the Star Trek. Um, But before all of that, let's start with trailer talk. Um, And first up, Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac stars as the Marvel mercenary with an identity crisis. Um, is this this is the next Disney Plus Marvel Studios show? Is it the next one? It is. It is. We get it in March. It's the next one. That's basically next month. It is. We we were speculating. We were thinking it was going to be Secret Invasion, but no, it's going to be yeah, Moon Knight. I've got to say, I'm. All I know about this character is what I've been exposed to him on, like, Marvel video games. I think the character is cool in terms of what he can do when he's fighting and doing things. I like the design, but I literally know nothing about this character. But I know that people love the crap out of him. At least the interpretation that we're going to get, like Oscar Isaac's character. Um, in, in this show, it's sort of very much like a Batman-type detective kind of gritty. But what's different, yes, tonally you're going to get that, but you're also getting the supernatural elements. And this character has multiple personality disorder. He has many personalities. When we're first seeing him in this trailer, is in London. He's kind of got an English accent. And... He's referred to later on in the trailer as Mark. Now, Mark Spector is the main alias of Moon Knight, but he does have all these other identities. And it's not him pretending. At times, he believes he is these other identities. So there's there's quite a lot going on with this character. I've read him in solo titles. He's been in Avengers books. But I do think... They've got something special with this show already, just based on this first trailer. Now, honestly, before seeing anything for this, if you'd have asked me if I wanted a Moon Knight movie or TV show, I'd have probably have said no. But what we're shown here looks interesting. And I'm saying that not just for me, but my wife, who has very little interest in a lot of things we talk about, to be honest, superheroes and all of that. But there's certain things, like she watches the Marvel Studio films. Of the Disney Plus shows, she's only seen Loki. She found that trailer interesting. She enjoyed the show. And this trailer, she's like, you know what? That looks good. I want to see it. I think this show is going to reach more than just comic fans. I've got to say, and maybe it's me coming off my, what's the opposite of a high? Um, me coming off, I guess, the just where the Marvel shows have, have I mean, been. You hate, you hate Marvel right now. <laughs> Look, hate's well a strong documented. 
well, well are you... the heights are really okay no, no i'm i'm joking i'm joking you're not necessarily enjoying a lot of what marvel are putting out right now yeah i think yeah. that's fair so look maybe i'm being influenced by where my mind is there but look i watched this trailer and i was like okay it looks it, it looks interesting i think maybe i'm just putting walls up and thinking like like let's not get too excited because the trailer finished and i wasn't excited i'm like okay like of course i'm gonna be there i'm gonna watch it but like nothing in this trailer made me like really giddy or excited or go oh wow like it was just sort of like okay cool i hope when watching the show like things that are revealed and showed to me will get me you know get me excited and, and going again look there's interesting things there like what's going on with with the character and all this other weird shit that's happening but I don't know, and then maybe it's because I, I I feel like I shouldn't have to have all the baggage of knowing the character and who it is because I know a lot of people are um, excited about seeing you know like a live action Moon Knight. That's why I was sort of surprised when you said that you didn't particularly actually want um, originally to see like a movie or or. This or a is show. the thing. This is what I was saying before. Like you know, I'm into a lot of Marvel. I've read over the years a lot of Marvel. Whereas not just me, but other people as well. That like, this is not considered a mainstream Marvel character. He's always out there on the fringe, and that's why I think he's a good choice for having his own TV show. And we're gonna get something different. We're gonna. I mean, we're bound to get a good performance from Oscar Isaac. I mean, again, questionable accent. But I like that this this trailer starts in London. And even though neither of us had the best time with Eternals, that started in London. We got introduced to Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman. Maybe he is going to turn up. You've got the supernatural element. We've got the voice of Blade at the end of Eternals. So maybe Marvel is starting to do something there, like not have everything take place in America. Maybe they're going to lean more into another country like the UK and we're going to see something happen there. But I think there's enough in this trailer and it's a character that not too many people know a great deal about. They can maybe be a bit free and loose with the origin and just give us something interesting. I think the fact that it is going to be, at least for me, like, I guess for, for a lot of people, this will be a new a new character that we get to explore. Um, and I think, you know, like we could have got that with Eternals, but I guess because there were so many characters and you know, other issues and stuff sort of that, that, that movie sort of presented, I think we couldn't really get, we couldn't really enjoy too much of like the, hey, something, something new, you know, because it has been sort of, hey, here's a character or some characters we already know, um, but now they're on TV or now here's another movie for them. So, you know, Shang-Chi came out and that was a new character and I had a really, really good time with that. So hopefully with this being a new character, I can, and then focus just on this one guy. And I guess, you know, other things going on, but just focus, with the focus being on the one guy, I think maybe they can deliver something, something good, but it's just this trailer didn't do anything to get me excited. But again, maybe it's just me. It's just me. We'll see. I don't know. It just wasn't. It wasn't that exciting. Hmm. Two minutes. It's a two-minute trailer. <laughs> Honestly, give me again, some just, pop. just give me some pop in that two minutes. Come give on. Marvel a chance. 
you don't just give Marvel a chance. You just expect greatness. You just expect greatness from them. All right, what's what's next? Um, we've got the boys, diabolical. Now this um, this little what was it? Fifty two seconds. Little. 50, it's very short. Yeah. Fifty two second. Um, you know, first. Uh, reveal first uh, look. First look, I should say, reveals a release date um, in its extremely gory, Tex Avery-inspired first look. And it really was. It, it looked like I was watching, like, Animaniacs or something. And then suddenly there's 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 heads blown up and a dog licking its balls. <laughs> hey, 53 um... seconds, and it, it had me <laughs> with questions and... Yeah. Uh, me making a, a face multiple times in, in shock like what i mean i'm assuming that was butcher's dog at the end <laughs> and yes i mean we did get a release date 4th of march so like moon Knight, we don't have very long to wait it's going to be a short series as well it's made up of eight episodes so it's going to be a short one but it's said to have a all-star cast but you know, I enjoy the boys enough, the main show. It took me a while to finish. We've had two seasons now, haven't we? It took me a while to finish that second season, but I do like it as a show, but I'm very interested in this little side project, this little spin-off that they're doing, and I'm a sucker for 2D animation. So, I, yeah, that's good. It, it, yeah, I'm, I am. I'm really surprised in, in the the design the art style that they're going with but i kind of i kind of like it. it 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 almost works in a kind of like a sick twisted way um so yeah i'm, I'm into it i don't know see this i'm like okay this has got me kind of going getting all kind of loose and, and stuff for it oh that there was, you go that was a weird thing to say but i said you still it. like things i still like <laughs> things yeah not full of hate but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say like a lot of um, a lot of recent like a whether it's violent or just adult orientated um, sort of animated things, you know. I'm like, you know, if it looks cool, I'm like, yeah, cool. But a lot of things have been missing sort of like a charm to it. That's you know, really besides the the gimmick of like, hey, it's animated and it's also violent. Besides that gimmick, I'm like, you need something a little bit more. In this 52 seconds, I'm like, okay, I got a little bit more than just violent cartoon. It was like there seemed to be a layer of humour very much in line with the boys' series. So hopefully it stands out just like that show does. It's extra, isn't it? Like We're getting the the, um, the hero-gasm spin-off, like the live-action spin-off that's going to be focusing on teenage superheroes as well as the third season of The Boys, and then this is a animated spin-off. So I like that we're getting additional things instead of the main show. That's still happening as well. So it's just extra. Like If you're not into it, then fine. But if you want to see more of that world, check it out in Tex Avery-style inspired animation, which, again, looks fantastic. All right, the um, last trailer we want to talk about here, another another short one, more of a... Yes. An announcement, even though it's already been announced, but I guess an official announcement. Um, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. 
I guess we also have a name as well. Um, this will premiere on the 2nd of September 2022. That is this year. Um, what did we get here? It was like that molten fire hot stuff being poured into a thing. And that's it. But Okay, you go a lot of things there. So until this trailer or this quick teaser, we knew that a live-action Lord of the Rings show was coming to Amazon. That is it. This gave us the official title of the show and the official release date, but the way that they did it was actually made using practical effects. And as well as seeing this teaser... You can also watch a behind-the-scenes teaser where they show you how they did it, and it is incredible. And just based on the approach to the teaser, I'm there for the show. And you know I'm not massively into Lord of the Rings, although I have now finally seen them. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy, but the approach to the teaser, if they're going to have a similar, if not the same approach to the show, I'm there for it. I think this is going to be like, isn't this going to be like the most expensive TV show ever made ever, like ever. Yes, yeah, and you know, Amazon can afford it because they have endless money. They put in that. They, they have all the money. Disposal. They have all the money. But yeah, you're right. This is said to be. Mm. I mean, up until this point, there's been Game of Thrones that was up there, but yeah, this is apparently going to beat that. And yeah, and it's at Amazon. They've got the boys, Lord of the Rings. We're getting more Invincible. I was pleased to see that Star Trek Picard season two is also still coming to Amazon. I was worried. I thought Paramount Plus was going to nab it, but here in Australia, it's still on Prime. So they're starting to give me more reasons to keep my subscription going. Because recently they had The Wheel of Time. I did not even bother. Have you watched that? No. No. But like like yourself, like it's not really my genre. It's not really what I... Go for. So, and I guess, yeah, that's sort of how I feel about Lord of the Rings as well. It's like I watched them. Um, over I'm time, check it out. I really did have more of an appreciation of Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, like they are incredible movies. It's just not the type of genre that I get sucked into and really, you know, really feel. But uh, me neither. Me neither. And famously on the podcast, we've said that we don't watch and are not fans of Game of Thrones, but there's that new prequel series coming to binge. It's a prequel. I might just check it out. Might just watch it. It's before the events of everything else. But even with prequels, like, don't you feel like you'd need to know? Like, as they deliver the story to you, it's going to obviously be like tie-ins to what will come. It's a risk. It is a risk, but I'll have my wife beside me and I'll look in her direction. Help me. She'll, she'll hold <laughs> you just, your hand through it. You just tell me. You just tell me. Am I, am I missing something here? <laughs> but Lord of the Rings, we're probably more impressed by the title reveal at this stage, but I'm curious. Oh, look, you know what? The, um, the Rings of Power sounds stupid, but, um, you know. It absolutely does. <laughs> I mean, the full title, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Ridiculous. But um, again, great title reveal. So I'm at least going to check it out. Oh, the the wife will want to watch it. I'll 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 be there second of uh, September, I guess. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. We're watching it. All right, let's move into movie news. What do we have? 
The Batman will officially have a runtime of two hours and 55 minutes. That is a long film. I'm here for it. I am here for a three-hour Batman film. I guess most people would think maybe wait for the sequel to go that long. But I want the Batman, and if it's three hours, I'll take it. You know, I've always said it really doesn't matter how long or how short a movie is, as long as it's the length that it needs to be for the movie that it is. The 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 story, the pacing, you know, a long movie can feel like the shortest thing if it, if it's paced well. Sometimes a short movie is too short because they just cram everything in. It just depends what they do with it. If they make it well, it'll work. Two hours and 55 minutes. If this movie is epic. Um, and amazingly well made. This, let's just say, this is called what it is. This three hours is gonna is gonna zip by, and I'm gonna be wanting more at the end of it. Um, ideally, that's how we want it to be. This is, I don't know, it, it's a, it's it seems like a good thing because you know we're getting so many characters in this film. It seems like they really are um, like world building. That we're really gonna enter the world of Batman and Gotham and and all of that, all the crazy, all the crazy characters. And I think, you know, if it was just about the characters and you know things happening and Batman, you know, fighting crime and all of that, <laughs> to cram even to cram it into three hours might be a push. Um actually no, I'll take that back. To cram it into like a two hour, two and a half hour thing might be a push. But to have that extra, you know, whether it be 20, 30 minutes, we might be able to delve into some really you know, like true, whether it be philosophical or socio commentary type stuff, we're going to get layers of, of it seems yeah. like we're going to get layers of, of things. This, this isn't just going to be a superhero movie with, you know, lots of crazy shit happening. And we're really going to, much like what, you know, the Christopher Nolan films did with, with Batman, um, but maybe a little bit, you know, even a step further. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. What we're, what we're probably going to get with this runtime is the character moments a shorter film wouldn't have time for. Mm. It's a Batman film. Show me Batman. Show me action. Show me the villains. Where this is probably longer because we're going to get more Bruce Wayne. We're going to get more character development. I mean, they've got such big plans for the Batman, a trilogy. And then on the small screen, we're getting a Commissioner Gordon TV series an Oswald Cobblepot TV series. And that's before this first movie is even out. I'm honestly, I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie. And I know when we did our year in review for last year, this was our most anticipated movie of 2022. And I'm really looking forward to it. And we're so close. It is March, right? Like it comes out in in March. Is that right? Beginning of March. Yeah, beginning of March. I think it's maybe the third or fourth. It's the beginning of the month. It is really close. Like it's probably like, it's probably like my, I'm probably going to go to the cinema two more times in the next couple of weeks. And I think the second one will be the Batman. That's how close it is. That's mental. I'm excited. (laughs) Excited. And look, yeah, like, a three-hour outing. I think this is this would make it the. We're talking theatrically. I think this is the third longest comic book movie, or it might be the second. 
only behind Endgame. Maybe I read right. something like that. I could be. I know. I know. Eternals was just a bit shorter than Endgame. Mm. Eternals was longer than the Batman. What's the big deal? <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. No, Eternals was. What was Eternals? That was like. Was that, no, it was about two and a half hours. Now Eternals was definitely shorter than the Batman. Felt like felt like four. But <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked. It is the. 4th of March. Yeah, that's when so that's when we get it. So that is, yeah, no time at all. We're so oh, close to that movie. There's, there's hopefully, of, hopefully he doesn't move. Please don't move. <laughs> do not move. But there's heaps of um, other Bat Family stuff, we'll call it that. Um, Batgirl. Leslie Grace has shared the first look at Batgirl. Um, there's a bit more news here, but should we talk about that, that outfit first? We should. I mean, that first character reveal, like it really was a showcase of the costume. It showed off the purple and a lot of people got worried, although it's very much, I mean, it leans into the Batgirl of Burnside costume from the comics from a few years ago. And also the the show, the costume from Batman 66 that we got on there. It is a great looking costume. I thought it got a lot of criticism, but after that official reveal, there's been some action shots shown. A lot of the action is in shadow, and people are happy again. People are <laughs> pleased. Yeah, we're seeing action shots. The characters blooded. The costume is a much more muted purple. But whether it's bright or not, I think it looks great. And the whole thing with Batgirl, she is inspired by Batman, and she makes her costume herself. It's not supposed to look perfect like she makes it yeah and we could you know like you know we, we could get multiple versions of the costume and it could develop over time you know a bit of like wayne tech behind it or something like that so i guess yeah, people seem to have an issue with like the fact that it just looks like she's wearing a coat you know like a like a like a jacket type thing but i'm all there for the just the color scheme the purple and the yellow together like yeah. that is the like that's my favorite look of yeah me too of Batgirl. It's a good look for the characters but honestly the amount of people on social media were putting up instead of the costume we're getting we're showing cosplayers and the big thing that needs to be pointed out to people although when cosplaying you're you know the costumes do look fantastic some of them really do that often just stood hardly moving mm. because it's not a practical costume whereas what they've got the actress wearing leslie grace in this movie she could easily move around in it it's a practical costume for movement yeah they're not doing I think the, it was good. they're not doing the michael keaton thing where it's like he can't even turn his head there. <laughs> hey, listen, Batman could not turn his head until the Dark Knight. I shit you not. Not even Batman in Batman Begins. Begins hey. Bale could not. No. When he's in the tumbler and he's got Rachel beside him and he's taken to the Batcave Rachel! and he turns his whole body and shouts, Rachel! Yeah. It wasn't until like it was his, the cowl was a separate piece to the body. And it was more like a like a motorbike helmet, but with the with the bat ears that he could move his head. Ah, crazy, crazy. 
Oh, they've come along. Uh, but yeah, a little bit more stuff here on Batgirl. Um, her roommate from the comics, um, Alicia Yao, has officially been added to the new HBO Max film. Um, Ivory Aquino will play Yao, the first transgender character in the DCEU. So round of applause for that. Well, just like the, the costume itself, this character was introduced as part of the Burnside storyline. So they definitely are leaning into that storyline or those series of comics. How long ago were, like, how old are these comics? Just curious. Oh, I mean, even if a, couple of years, a couple of years ago, maybe a year they changed the Burnside design. So maybe three years ago, maybe, maybe okay, longer. So, so it's still pretty modern. We're not talking like... Oh, it is. It's, it's a modern take. Like Batgirl in the comics now. And Barbara Gordon has gone back to the Oracle alias and she's got two Batgirls, Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, but she can still don the cowl and fight crime as Batgirl herself, but they've changed the design. There's been a couple of designs since the Burnside design, but it, I've always liked the look of that costume, and I'm happy that we're getting it in this film because it just it really looks like a character inspired by Batman, made a costume for herself, and went out to fight crime. It's a good look. The Joker 2 script has reportedly finished with a 2023 filming targeted. And I did read something with Todd Phillips, and he basically said that he got a list of Martin Scorsese films and randomly picked one, and it was... The Wolf of Wall Street is like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? So, so is that Joaquin Phoenix is just gonna. <laughs> well, I mean, you got Scorsese in inspiration, or well, you felt the Scorsese inspiration with that first movie, and whether he's carrying over or not, or maybe he's just saying things, you know, just to shut up reporters. Who knows? But a second film is happening. Joaquin Phoenix is said to be attached. So that I guess that's the news, that maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if it is, they'll could start filming next year. The interesting bit I want to add, though, is that Willem Dafoe has said he wants to play an imposter joker alongside Joaquin Phoenix. And this was a recent interview where people were saying, hey, I've Warner's come to you about playing the joker. And he's like, well, they haven't. But this is what I would be interested in doing. And I'm like, hey, guys, over at Warner, if Defoe's interested and he wants to do something with you, maybe look into that. Maybe it's not Joker 2, who knows? But he essentially wants to play a version of the Joker, but nothing official has been said. Nobody has approached him. Mm. He would make a great Joker. Just with that and- smile, that smile, yeah. It'd be too old. I mean, would it be too old? I think it'd be too old to be a Joker. In I mean, not until we see the Flash will we know what the hell's happening with the DCEU after that film. <laughs> We're getting point. two Batmen. We're getting something completely different with Robert Pattinson. If he has a Joker, there is a rumour that an actor has been cast. And he was actually in Eternals. He was the the guy that could control minds. He's been rumoured for Joker. But who knows if that's going to happen or not. 
I think the fact that like we're tangibly now getting Joker 2 stuff, I, I just feel like we still need to come to like just come to terms with that because <laughs> like what an amazing incredible movie that first joker film was and it was always just like ah oh, just leave it be just let it be its own triumph i'm with you though i i would be more than happy for it to just be that one film and i like the idea and it was talked about by one of the producers of not doing joker 2 having a similar approach to another bat villain. Yeah. And that producer was saying at the time he would love to have done Mr. Freeze. I think there's something like the, like one of the most wackiest, like weirdest yet still well-known sort of um, bat villains. (laughs) I guess with that though, I think most people would think Arnold Schwarzenegger, that would be their go-to. Well, like still use Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, definitely or, not. Or like in our I mind, just mean it, that would be their go-to. I mean, Joker, like there's been many actors. Mm. Live action, animation, like Mark Hamill, like most people hear him as the Joker and that came from animation. But I mean, if people, if you were to ask somebody, do you know the, the Batman villain, Mr. Freeze? Their mind would more than likely go to Arnie. That's what I mean. But no, that should not be the approach for the if they ever did that movie. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I really think that would work. Like, that would be really cool to see just different... Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? I would love to see Arnie come back and play, like, a gritty <laughs> real take on the character. Like, he's not wearing the penguin slippers. Were the penguins or, or polar bears? I can't remember. He's not I looked, there, was some, there was some sort of frosty animal I'm, I'm trying to think i'm trying to i'm, I'm going to assume they weren't penguins just to avoid that conflict <laughs> honestly I, I think joker should just be that one film because it was perfect but we'll like, we'll have to wait and the see. second one could be if, incredible as well so if it's if it's the same director if it's todd phillips and it's joaquin phoenix then okay you've got my interest and it sounds like that's what we're getting all right Moving into moving into Marvel now. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. James Gunn has confirmed that Guardians 3 is the last time people will see this team of Guardians. So we're talking Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Groot, Rocket, I guess Mantis as well. Oh, Nebula. They're all part of the team now, aren't they? Thor. I don't know. Um, <laughs> This this seems okay to me. I'm like, okay, look, they'll cap it off with a trilogy. We're going to get the Guardians in Thor, Love and Thunder in some capacity, probably a small kind of role, all good. Um, you know, he's saying, you know, they're going to go bigger. It's going to get darker. Um, and it's going to be different from what people might be expecting. Those, those first two Guardians movies were very bonkers, fun, lots of energy. You know, there was some emotional bits to them, especially that second one. Um, but for the most part, they were pretty zany. I kind of thought that his like his team of Guardians would end with him. Like we know this is going to be James Gunn's last Guardians movie. We're still going to get the... They're doing a Christmas special, aren't they, for Disney Plus? That's still happening. I can't remember if that's going to be before or after. I'm assuming it's going to be before this, if everything's going to change after 
Volume 3. But we could see more Guardians, but it's very James Gunn, isn't it? Even when we saw Guardians appear in Infinity War, Endgame, you still felt James Gunn's presence. Yeah. But I guess I guess that presence also is linked to these particular characters as well. Like it's there. It's almost like, you know, the music that we hear is all linked to Peter Quill and, um, you know, the, just the energy and the humour of the team is, again, linked to this team. So if look, if we get you know, half of these characters, you know, maybe die in this third film or they go off their own separate ways or, you know, maybe, oh, look, we'll keep Rocket and Groot around for something, you know, maybe they're now earthbound or they've, you know, they've teamed up with Captain Marvel and they're going on adventures or something like that. Like, oh, good, we could have a different interpretation. Maybe Drax is the only remaining team member, like him and Mantis or something. And then, you know, there's other people who join... And it's just the dynamic of the team is now different because there's new characters, new energy. It, we could still get a fourth film, just not that James Gunn flavor. Yeah, or, could be. Or could be could, different. I mean, we could depart the whole Guardians thing completely, and just have certain characters appear elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you look at the comics, like the, the team that we know as the Guardians of the Galaxy from these films, they were the second team in the comics. Yeah. So they weren't even the first time. So maybe they could go back, or maybe, you know, Guardians could end with volume three. And as we say, characters just appear elsewhere. They carry certain characters over. Yeah. Like, so it makes it more interesting. It makes it sort of like, oh, okay. And we it does. Yeah. Stakes. We always talk about the stakes, big, juicy stakes, different stakes. But um, yeah, if we can get characters lives are actually on the line all right we've got threat <laughs> a sequel to mortal Kombat is officially in the works at new line moon knight head writer jeremy slater has been hired to write the film apparently the cast are coming back also I mean, we we liked that first movie enough i think we gave it a decent enough review and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the announcement of a sequel, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Um, these these movies, look, look, at the end of the day, I think our biggest gripe with, you know, this, this first one was, like, maybe the story wasn't that solid. Um, the lead character, who for some reason they had an original lead character, probably wasn't the strongest... To, to be doing that but I mean the, the besides that it's like if you make the fights look cool and you know the fatalities look awesome like that's what we want to see I mean that's it so I mean the first bring, bring, the first movie it it was setting up Mortal Kombat you got to the end and then they were about to start Mortal Kombat yeah, and they so, teased Johnny Cage yeah. so yeah cool you know what? So yes. the next movie, we're, we're going to the tournament. We're, we're going to have Johnny Cage. Sweet. <laughs> hey, it's it's set up to be a better movie already. It writes itself. It writes itself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've seen it before, but now we get to see updated special effects. And they look it that first one, that looked good. Like, and they need more cool, crazy moments like, you know, 
stabbing someone with their own blood that's been frozen into a spear. Like, we just need stuff like that and I'll watch 10 of these movies. I reckon. <laughs> wow, 10. <laughs> <laughs> if they keep coming up with creative ways to kill other characters, yeah, for sure. I'm all for it. I mean, I'll say this. I'll definitely watch one more. I don't know about <laughs> nine more, but yeah, tournament, Johnny Cage. Sounds good. Awesome. And more of the Mortal Kombat song. Holy shit. <laughs> yes, that was a nice tease, wasn't <laughs> what it? was that? All right. Um, Real Steel. Disney Plus is developing a series um, with director Sean Levy returning to executive produce. Do you know what? I've seen this movie just once. I watched it at the cinema and I watched it, enjoyed it as well as watching it and did not think about it again until this announcement. Do you know what? Yeah, like I, I barely remember it, but I remember it being a pretty good film. I was like... It was good, oh, wow. yeah. Like this is more than just a movie about robots like being like fighting each other. It was, it was like, oh, wow, there's like a, actually quite a lot of heart to it. I just barely remember anything that actually happened in the movie. I just remember yeah. the experience. Um, so, look, I'm going to go check out the movie again. And yeah, no, me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for it, I think. Yeah, like, why the hell yeah, not? No, I am as well. Why but, you know, some movies, not? some movies are just really good in the moment. And then as soon as it's finished, you walk away and that's it. Distant memory. See, I need to go back to the announcement of the TV series. I'm like, oh, I enjoyed that movie. You've got Hugh Jackman in there. Evangeline Lilly's in there. Yeah, I need to go back and give it another watch. It would make sense with this being a Disney Plus show that Disney Plus actually had the movie available, which they don't. So I'll have to look elsewhere to For try real. and track it down. For real? Real still I mean, was Disney it? Plus. <laughs> For real. I mean... <laughs> I can't think, was it, because it wasn't a Disney movie. I think it may have been Fox. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's caught up somewhere. So it'll, it will eventually arrive, you would hope. You know what? It's all good. I've got the DVD. <laughs> Do you really? Wow. I've got the DVD. And did I just say <laughs> Again. I watched it once? <laughs> the movies? Oh, wow. Yes. There you go. It's that good. DVD. You bought it and didn't watch it. <laughs> well, yeah. But now it's serving its purpose because I can put <sighs> it on. Yep, you win, you win. Kyle Allen, you may know from West Side Story. Nope. Disclaimer, I don't. <laughs> Will star as He-Man in the Masters of the Universe live-action film, which is heading to Netflix. This film is happening again, just like last time and the time before that. This is a film that Sony have been trying to make. At one time, they'd cast Heatman. They were ready to go. The whole project fell over. But I've got to be honest, like Netflix seems like the home of Heatman, whether it be the Kevin Smith show, Revelation, the Kiddie show, Heatman and the Master of the Universe. I did think Netflix were going to announce something, and here we are. The new film's story will focus on He-Man, also known as Adam, an orphan, discovers he is a prince destined to be the saviour of a faraway land. He must quickly learn of his power and the importance of saving his home from an evil force. I mean, sounds like an origin. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like an origin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, live action He-Man on the small screen heading to Netflix. What do you think? Okay, well, first up, um, I'm really looking forward to watching West Side Story. Um, I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'm unfamiliar with this guy. So I'm, I cannot comment on the actor in the role. Um, and like you said, you know, like they've been trying to get this off the ground, get this happening. I've talked about multiple different interpretations of it. Um, look, I'm going to reserve all thoughts because I feel like it's just not worth it until uh, there's something concrete really um, happening because yeah, I mean, I don't know the actor and cool, live action He-Man, yes. I think now it's <laughs> on Netflix. When... Now it's on Netflix. I think it is going to build momentum and it's it's going to happen. Um, I don't know how much money Netflix is going to put behind it because something like Master of the Universe, like the recent animated shows they've done, look fantastic, big spectacle, but animation's cheaper than live action. So Netflix doesn't hopefully... like to spend money. The fools, but uh, yeah, so yeah. I can't think of anything they've done that you would compare to Master of the Universe. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they use a lot of CGI with the Irishman to de age the actors. A big FX heavy movie in Red Notice, but this is more than that, though. Like, Master of the Universe, like, it's a fantasy world and it's larger than life. If anything, they probably use more like more resources on tv shows i think something like you know like stranger things or whatnot you know you go to the upside down it's all very you know a visual yeah true place any fantasy shows that they make like there's yeah i mean stranger things is a good example i mean looks like a movie like it really does um yeah okay i mean yeah there's no doubt that they're going to make it look good i'm just curious um what the budget would be for something like i imagine that they'll probably It'll probably be pretty limited what we see of, you know, the magical places, whereas, you know, he's, Adam's probably going to be very much in the in the real world for most of it. So there's your budget. There's saving, saving money. But Adam isn't in the real world, though. Like, that, that's the whole thing. We've got the real world in the Dolph Lundgren movie. I'm thinking they're the probably whole... just going to do... They're probably just going to do like the same sort of thing. No, the, not know, like even even the pitch here, like he discovers he is a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land. Oh no, don't! I mean, that's got me worried. I don't want Adam to be a prince on Earth. Although, even in the cartoon from the eighties, no, he discovers he's a prince. So, like, he's on Earth, and it's like, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Whereas, but in the story of He Man, like he'd always been on Eternia. But what I was going to say there. In the cartoon, like his mother, she came from Earth. So maybe they'll do that. She's not a native of Eternia. Anyway, that's that's enough He-Man talk, I think. <laughs> we'll have to wait until we get some, <laughs> some more news on that. Let's talk about Chicken Run. <laughs> the sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the sequel to Chicken Run um, is set to debut on Netflix in 2023. Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. This will star Zachary Levi as Rocky and um, Thanduin Newton as Ginger. These, of course, uh, these two are replacing Mel Gibson and Julia Sawalha. Yeah, and you know, Julia Sawalha, she 
wanted to come back and they've gone in a different direction, whether or not they would have kept her around if they still wanted to work with Mel Gibson, who knows? I think who what, knows? Was it, what was their reasoning? It was because they sound too old now. And it's like, yeah. oh, which I know, which she, I think when the story first broke, like she, she did the voice and she sounded the same. Yeah. I kind of get so what I, th- I like think. He's... Yeah. He sounds different. Yeah, sounds so I think it maybe, <laughs> maybe if they can't have them as a pair, they wouldn't keep one and recast the other. Because mm, that's just, I don't know what the reasoning life. was. But look, Zachary Levi, Sandy Newton, um, you know, like two fairly big stars these days. Like they're on their way, on their way up there. Um, so it'll work. I mean, they might sound a little bit different to those characters, or, or they might channel something and and sound the same. Who knows? But it's it's a look, though, isn't it? It's a look that's important. Like for it to well, look like that first movie, now, did we work Man out, are going to do this, that. Are they doing it stop motion or is this CGI? Because we did get like a first look, sort of just like a screenshot, and I couldn't I, tell. I was, it's, I'd say it's the same as the first movie. So it's stop motion then. Stop motion. I mean, they they've always kept their style. They did the movie years ago, flushed away. It was the same style, but it was CGI. Mm. It's not the same. It's not the same. And then after that, they did that movie Pirates Band of Misfits. They'd gone back to stop motion. Yeah. And then from then on, it was, you know, like the, like, was it Man One or whatever that was called? That was stop motion. Oh, early, early Man. Yeah. Early early, man. That's right. That was yeah. stop motion. That's right. Because the original title for that was Early Manchester United. And then they changed it to Early Man. Yeah. That was a good film. That was a good that's film. Right. And that's yes, fine. you're right. That, yeah, that was the most recent one, wasn't it? Stop motion. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be their approach for this. The title is great. Torn of the Nugget. Um, well, it's yeah, funny. So it's like too uh, much uh, more uh, other than that. They have, they have a baby or whatever. So it's like, it's their nugget. It's like their, their baby. It's good. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm guessing that's what I, I, like <laughs> well, I hope I like so. <laughs> I hope nugget. so. And still Netflix and... Still, Ardman, Wallace and Gromit will return for a new film in 2024, directed by creator Nick Park and Merlin Crossingham. What a name. I mean, Merlin Crossingham. <laughs> but yes, we're getting a brand new Wallace and Gromit. And from memory, I think it was around 05, we got Curse of the Were-Rabbit. So it's been a good few years since what we've a, had new Wallace and Gromit. What a double whammy now. Like like we mentioned, you know, like there have been Hardman films scattered throughout, you know, here and there, but two consecutive years, a sequel to Chicken Run and another Wallace and Gromit film. Like, yeah, here we go. Let's be honest. No one cares about Sean the Sheep. <laughs> well, you say that. My kids like Sean the people, Sheep. Okay, no, people like, okay, I don't care about Sean the Sheep. I did. Yeah, I because it's not aimed at you I don't, I don't, the I, I didn't audience that they aimed the first for movie, the first movie they did I enjoyed I'm going to say I like Shaun the Shape it's a fun <laughs> it's a fun show there's no dialogue for the most part and it's all visual humour I like it it's a good oh, look, uh, it's a good little show no, and Wallace and Gromit is, is where it's at um, I'm pumped. of course I'm pumped of course. like a new one yes bring it on it just makes me want to go back and watch the old shorts I think I've got a DVD floating around here somewhere. It's probably on a Netflix 
Oh, the classic. Yeah, they are absolute classics. Wrong trousers yeah. and the... That's the only one I can remember the name of. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with the penguin? <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, good. Good stuff. Um, Knives Out 2 will arrive on Netflix before the end of the year. I'm assuming that means this year, <laughs> 2022. It absolutely does. And they're doing that thing where I think it's maybe a week before theatrical release, and then it'll hit Netflix, just like they did for Red Notice. Right. I'll see, I'll see how I'm doing financially and how busy I am that time of year. Ooh, I might just wait really? for Netflix. Might... If it's a week, <laughs> why... I'll just wait for Netflix. I've got to be honest. I love that first movie, but a week later at home, I think I'd just watch it at home. Yeah. No, like, again, like, I'm really looking forward to this movie. You know how I feel about mysteries and, you know, the whodunits. Love them. Love them. But, I mean, if it's, if it was, like, say, you know, a month, two months wait, I'd be like, well, yeah, I'm going to the cinema. For sure. Well, it's like, I just hate. It's going to be close. I would hate yeah. to buy a ticket and then just seven days later, here it is, essentially free because I'm already paying my Netflix. It just. It, I mean, I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple of times already, but I'm going to say it again. You're talking about my Encanto experience. <laughs> Took the kids to the cinema and then Disney Plus are like, hey, what was it, Christmas Eve? Or it was, it was soon after. We're just going to give it you for free. You can watch it from the comfort of your home. So, yeah, I think a week's too tight. Maybe they're going to give it a little bit longer, but a week is definitely what they gave to Red Notice. And on that, Dwayne Johnson, (laughs) Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot will be back for Red Notice sequels two and three. There you go. We are getting more... Red notice. That's the because I know we were talking about like they were thinking of doing more, they wanted to do more. Is this the confirmation that the three of them are back? Yep, absolutely happening. They're going to shoot them back to back. Cool, cool. Well, I liked your segue from Knives Out 2 into Red Notice because it just happened naturally. But if I dialed back and created a segue, Knives Out, Chris Evans, or how about Red Notice? Red one. There's a few things here. I don't know. It's all happening. I'll just do it. Chris Evans <laughs> will join. Oh, there's even a Dwayne Johnson connection. This is amazing. Chris Evans will join Dwayne Johnson in Amazon's upcoming Christmas movie, Red One. The film is a globe-trotting four-quadrant action-adventure comedy imagining a whole new universe to explore within the holiday genre. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> But it sounds great. I mean, the assumption, of course, is that Red One is Santa. Don't know who's playing Santa, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Is it going to be like the start of a holiday shared universe? Are they going to do different holidays? I don't care. It sounds great. (laughs) It sounds sounds absolutely ridiculous. Dwayne Johnson had been attached for a while, but yeah, I just say Chris Evans joining the cast. It sounds like... A lot of fun. And who doesn't like a new Christmas movie? I'm okay, good. Think, I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I can't think I'll, of anyone. I've asked, I've asked everybody. Nobody's 
nobody's saying they do so <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a, a lot of fun so i'm going to stop the fun for a moment because i need to let you know that tom cruise's next two mission impossible movies have been delayed impossible and i'm going to have to say again and maybe again these movies just keep getting delayed paramount they keep shifting their movies they seem to be the studio that keeps doing that at the moment, Top Gun has moved to the following year. And now we've found out that Mission Impossible 7 will release July 14th, 2023. And Mission Impossible 8 will now release June 28th, 2024. Of course, until they don't, and they move <laughs> even further. And because 8 follows 7, whenever 7 moves, 8 has to move. It makes sense. It makes sense. He does. <laughs> I wouldn't but expect anything like, different. I know, but it's double whammy. It's getting further and further. At so least... I'm talking about eight moving to 2024. Like if seven moves again, we're talking 2025. It's three I... years away. The silver lining is that whenever they do come out, and I guess we cannot commit to these 23 and 24, but whenever they do come out, it looks like we're still going to get that one-year turnaround the next ones which is good you know like eight is gonna be 12 months behind so yes i, I understand i understand that seven is gonna always push eight out no it's no, no just... but i just mean it's gonna be a quick turnaround we're gonna get the two movies very quickly well, that's we right when them. they so that's that's good at least when they finally happen i mean tom cruise is apparently going to film the first movie in space like when that's going to happen i don't know I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> they're still building the uh, they're still building the set. <laughs> Maybe that's the delay. That's the real delay. But it is. But it is a thing, isn't it? Like of all the studios, and again, Warner Brothers don't move the Batman. But Paramount seems to be the studio that is still moving projects, whereas a lot of the other studios are sticking to their release dates at the moment. See, like it's 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 it's. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. People clearly will go and watch a movie at the cinema yeah, in the midst of this pandemic if they want to. And Spider-Man No Way Home is proof of that. It's the sixth highest grossing like movie in the world ever right now. The sixth. Six. <laughs> like, oh, it's it, insane. Yeah. It, it's made, made over a like billion one, dollars. 1.6 billion. Like it is crazy. So it can it can happen. <laughs> it can. You just need to make something that people really want to watch. And I mean, I guess if they don't have faith in these movies to do it, then well, I don't know. I don't know. That's I mean, the Mission Impossible movies are going to do a good box office. They absolutely will. But they obviously aren't confident, so they've moved them. Mm. Look, we've got um, Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> that's still, and that's they still went happening. to space last time. Yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa is in final talks to join the 10th Fast and Furious film, um, potentially as one of the villains. I hope that happens. I really, really do. Um, yeah, he'd be a great villain in the Fast <laughs> franchise. I just feel like, would it? Does Jason Momoa always have the same hair and beard? Yep, same like, beard, same hair, yeah. So it's like, I just picture him like as a villain in the Fast and Furious franchise, he would still have that look, but for some reason he's wearing a really dapper suit. Like he's 
wearing like a tux or something at all times. But he's still got his big hair and, and stuff. I don't know. If you want to, if you want to see Jason Momoa look different, go back and watch Baywatch Nights. He was in that clean shaven. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You ever like, see that Baywatch Nights? It no. was a murder mystery show. Nothing about life saving. <laughs> was it connected to Baywatch? <laughs> yeah, it was Baywatch Nights. But it's what what happened at night time. They weren't oh. saving people in the sea. They were solving mysteries. It was a different thing. Oh, all the death happened on the land. I see. It was a what nighttime about, show as well. But anyway. What about Stargate? Like, what was it? Atlantis? Atlantis. Yeah. Was he clean shaven in that? I don't think he was. Mm. This is weird. It's been a while since I've seen that. <laughs> anyway. It is. But anyway, you know, Fast 10, more than likely, is going to be in it and he'll be a bad guy. Yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Sounds good. Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts will produce Final Destination 6, a reboot for the Final Destination saga, and I believe this is going to be a HBO Max film. Okay, interesting, interesting. I'm going to say right that now. First movie, that first movie is solid. That second movie is really good. <laughs> Third movie is okay enough. It's fun. And, and I recently watched... Four and five. Wow. Five is better than four. Four is the worst. Five? Five without, a long shot. Without giving too much away. I think the best part about five is the ending. It is, yeah. yeah. Like, and I forgot so until this rewatch. What? Yeah, that, that was... Lying. It was a good ending. But the fourth movie, and they really leaned into... Like it was 3D Final crap. Destination 4 3D. Yeah, and it's just... I watched it in 3D at the cinema. And it's even worse watching it at home in 2D. It's not, it's not good, but the first two at least are really good. Yeah. So I'm interested in more Final Destination because I've got to be honest, a lot of horror over the years outside of Scream, you know, a couple of Nightmare on Elm Street, I've gone off a lot of horror and of course Halloween, but there's something about Final Destination that just keeps having me come back. And that what, first movie what, in particular is so good. What are the chances? Okay, I know it says reboot, but what do you think? Requel. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Devin Sawyer looks so different. Like, have you been watching Chucky? No, or oh, the TV show. Yeah, he's in no, that. I haven't started that yet. Right. I've done the first couple of episodes. I need to get back into it. But he's in that, and he's done a couple of films with Bruce Willis. And it looks very different to how he did. But yeah, I mean, hey, if they were going to attempt a requel, I don't know how because I've seen those movies and it didn't end too well for him. Although saying that, he, he died off off camera in the second one, didn't he? They yeah. made reference to, was it like concrete falling on his head or something? Yeah. Maybe just bring bring Ali Lada back. I think she survived the first movie, didn't she? And just have a new she story. Did, with her. Ignore oh, two, three, four, five. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So but yeah, that's the, less of a requel and more just like a sequel to that first movie. So like the Halloween style. Oh, but you know what? Yeah, I mean, maybe you could. Yeah, maybe you could bring Devin Sawyer and Ali Lata back. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they do. But either way, I mean, this is not going to be, from what I've read, a theatrical release. It will be streaming. 
we're starting to get HBO Max movies here in Australia on binge, so maybe that's where we'll get it. Or maybe we'll just get it at the cinema. <laughs> Who knows? After you four really, and five, can, I think I, I after four and five, <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> I'll end up watching at home. Whether I have to wait to rent it or just watch it streaming somewhere. For sure. All right, that's it for the uh, the movie news. Let's jump straight into. TV news. James Gunn says another Suicide Squad spin-off series is in the works. Of course, we've currently got Peacemaker, which apparently Gunn is saying could get a second season. But after Guardians Volume 3, he's going to be working on another spin-off. I mean, he's been talking about doing another DC project for TV. So whether that's going to be another spin-off or something else entirely. At the moment, Peacemaker is one of the highest rated DC projects, TV or film, on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty bonkers. <laughs> Pretty bonkers. The, the question I want to know, though, is, is this potentially a, a spin-off of you know, the Suicide Squad or would it be a spin-off of Peacemaker? Well, he's just saying another Suicide Squad spin-off, so I guess another character from his film. Sure. Okay. Okay. I'm just waiting for, like, a vigilante spin-off. Just saying. Oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that character is proving popular, although the take on the character in the show is very different to any interpretation that's come before. Not necessarily means kind of a spin-off, but no, 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 that's that's right. But it's um, yeah, I mean, we've had the character vigilante on Arrow and in the comics, and yeah, this is more of a like Deadpool influenced take on the character, but it it does work for the show. Obviously, like with the popularity of of Peacemaker, like it's a no-brainer that they're doing this. So. Cannot blame them. It just will come down to okay, what character or characters? I mean, we've got the full season yet. Maybe the character that he's talking about could even get introduced later on. Whoa, whoa, who knows? All right, okay. Well, Star Trek, here we go. Lots of renewals. Just checking real quick, no cancellations before I get too excited about it. Um, Star Trek Discovery renewed for season five. Star Trek Picard Season 2 will premiere March 3rd. Star Trek Strange New Worlds premieres May 5th and has been renewed for Season 2. And Star Trek Lower Decks is renewed for Seasons 3 and 4. Ah, so much Star Trek. I'm so so happy. (laughs) But like I said earlier, like now we know in Australia, Picard Season 2 will still on Prime. That's where we got the first season. Picard was the reason why I got Prime in the first place. But Discovery Season 4 aired on Paramount Plus after getting ripped from Netflix like a week before the, the, like the scheduled premiere of Season 4. We still don't know where Strange New Worlds is going to air, whether it's Paramount Plus or Prime. Eventually, it's clear that it's all going to be Paramount Plus. 
I mean, it's just hard to keep track. It's just yeah. hard to keep track of where they're at. In the US, Picard season two is Paramount Plus, but Prime in Australia. So even from country to country, it's different where these shows are airing. But the news, though, is the renewals, the release dates. I'm excited for all of this. And not all Star Trek fans like Lower Decks, but I really enjoy it. It's really silly, but if you're paying enough attention, you'll recognize that as silly as it is, it's never making fun of Star Trek. It embraces Star Trek. It's very silly at times, but it's so much fun. <laughs> so you're excited. You're excited. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the um, the announcement, because this was like, you know, it was everywhere and like red alert was used, which is a signal from the show on the ship, red alert, danger or an announcement. And yeah, everywhere you looked, people were talking Star Trek and all these renewals and yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it used to be that, you know, every couple of years we'd get a movie, whether it was, you know, the original cast in the, late 70s, 80s, we've got the next-gen cast in the 90s, we've got the Chris Pine movies, but you always had to wait a few years for the next Star Trek film. On TV, other than a slight overlap between new shows, there'd be one Star Trek show running at a time. Not anymore. There is so many, and all those ones we just reeled through, Star Trek Prodigy. That's airing as well, the Nickelodeon show. Yeah. So much Star Trek. It's like the best time <laughs> to be a Star Trek fan. And Star Wars, like, as well as getting the book of Boba Fett that we're having at the moment, anticipating season three of The Mandalorian, we're getting Star Wars Ahsoka. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is joining the cast in an unknown role, she joined Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen in the upcoming Disney Plus series. And of course, we're also going to get Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. So he's working again. That's good. It's good for him. Yeah, he is working again. <laughs> now, look, you know, I actually I thought about him early, you know, when you were talking uh, what were we talking about before the Doug Lyman thing. Oh, yeah. Real Steel. I recently rewatched Jumper. Do you remember that? It came out after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Hayden Christensen. Samuel Jackson. Um, high concept sci-fi. Yes, yeah, Samuel Michael Jackson. Dawson. Jamie Bell. It's a decent enough movie. Yes, yeah, so I went back and rewatched that. Um, but yes, Hayden Christensen, you're right. He is working again. He's busy <laughs> with Star Wars. I know it's a Star Trek. So much Star Trek. So much Star Wars. But yeah, Ahsoka filling out the cast. And look, I'm a you know big fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, so I'd like to see her in things. Star Wars will do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Good addition to yeah. the Star Wars universe. Good, good get. The Percy Jackson and the Olympian series has officially been greenlit at Disney Plus. Yep. <laughs> Do you have has. comments, thoughts? <laughs> I've seen the first one. I watched the at the cinema. Did not see the sequel from memory. 
for all I really remember, I mean, I, I get that they are the children of Greek gods. That's like the whole thing, like Percy Jackson. He's the, is he the son of Poseidon or Zeus? It's been a while. But my takeaway, Alex Daddario is in there. So there you go. <laughs> Alexandra Daddario is in those films. I think that was one of the first times that I saw her. But this is going to be a brand new thing for the TV show. Yeah, look, it could be fun. <laughs> okay, good. There's mystical things, there's monsters and stuff. Lightning bolts. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, why not? Do you know what? It was news about a Disney Plus show. It was a film. That's a TV show. But really, all I want to talk about is the Santa Claus. Tim Allen will return for a new Disney Plus series based on the Santa Claus movies. The new series will follow Scott Calvin, who is still serving as Santa as he nears his 65th birthday. He wants to return to the normal world, so he sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while also preparing his family to leave the North Pole. Joe, when it comes to Christmas films, I know the cool answer is to say, I don't know, Christmas Vacation is my favourite Christmas film. My honest answer, the first Santa Claus movie. Yeah. I love it. What a delight. I absolutely delight. love it. This news. Now, the, the second and third film, obviously, we had a bit of a decline, but look, there's still, you know, there's still a charm to them. And Tim the Allen second, in the role the is... The second one is... I watched them again. Pretty good. Still just pretty before good. Christmas. Pretty good. It's pretty good. The third one... I love Martin Short, don't get me wrong, but wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the third one it's goes rough. off the rails. But look, the, hearing about this news, like, we're going to get the Santa Claus TV series, Tim Allen's, but like, wow, okay. Like, how interesting. And why am I so excited? Uh, <laughs> I had to ask myself that question. Um, this is really cool. Really cool. It, it is. It, it really is. Honestly, I, I came across, I was just scrolling Facebook one evening. I came across the story for the first time, automatically assumed it was not true and <laughs> fact-checked it and then found so many articles on the same thing. I'm like, wow. Because I just thought it's one of those things where I sort of thought, oh, that'd be so cool if it was real. Can't be real. And, and it is that actually making it. I always remember watching that first movie and then his son Charlie said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be Santa. And I'm like, yeah, but your dad became Santa by killing the previous one. Are well, you going to knock your dad off the roof? Is that how it's going to happen? With this, with this premise, I'm like, I don't really understand how this is going to work because well, it's against the clause. No, 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 no. I mean, the clause is that if you put on the suit, then you are agreeing to the terms and conditions of becoming the new Santa. That first movie was an accident. So I don't think you always have to kill Santa to become the new Santa. It's not like Highlander cutting off Immortal's head <laughs> so you can be the only one. But I I love it. I love the idea behind it. Again, having such fondness for that first movie. And liking Tim Allen, I, you know, back to his home improvement days. But the idea is coming of age. He wants to just be with his family, returns to the normal world. Just a premise is so is so good and elizabeth mitchell who played mrs claus is also reprising her role 
Very cool. I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for it. But it was a weird time for them to announce it. January. They announced (laughs) the Santa Claus TV show in January. It's like they must have known. And maybe it wasn't ready to go. And and come January it was. But you would hope with them announcing it in January, November, December, it's ready to go. Surely. I mean... I get what you're saying, but just imagine, okay, it's it's the 10th of December, right? And they they announce, hey, we're gonna, we're doing a, a, a the Santa Claus TV series, Tim Allen's back. Nope, you're not gonna get it this Christmas, you're gonna get it next Christmas. It's like, yeah, no, yes. that would be that would be disappointing. So them waiting till January makes complete sense. Um now you've said it, absolutely. Yeah. I because then it's like, well, it's January now. Are you saying this year? You are. Wow, which is very cool. Very cool. I uh, I expect they'd better probably try and get back as many returning actors as possible. You know, the, the guy that played maybe because most of and the Bernard. actors. I mean, Charlie was in all three, but maybe they get Bernard back. Oh, he didn't maybe. come back for. I think maybe the second and third was he in the second. Maybe the third. I think he didn't come back for the third. Well, I think with that, it was like really all the elves. You know, like they look like kids, and I guess Bernard already kind of looked like a teenager. In that first one, that I think when yeah, you get true. to the second and third, it was he's a grown ass man. So- <laughs> well, who was the guy from Ten Things I Hear About You? I have a dick on my face, don't I? Excellent. <laughs> yeah. hey, that was Bernard in that movie. Honestly, the going back to it, the premise, I love it. I think it is great. I like the fact that they're not going to try and de-age Scott Calvin. Like this is a sixty-five year old Santa who is ready to retire. Mm. It, oh, yeah. Actually, it's, with it's what you were saying, great. Charlie could become Santa now if he still wanted to do it. He probably doesn't, but maybe, know. maybe. But it, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be something different. I mean, the Mrs. The Mrs. What was it? The Mrs. Santa Claus or the? I think it was just called the Mrs. Claus. The that's that's easier to say. The Mrs. Claus in that second one, and it worked, and it worked well with that first movie. And then Jack Frost wanting to become Santa in the third one. Anyway, let's just move forward and get this TV show. I, I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, well, speaking speaking of cold things. Yep, I'm seeing yes. the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> the Mighty Ducks game changes. Uh, ice hockey. Um, Josh Dammel is um, replacing Amelia Estevez on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So he will portray Gavin Cole, a former NHL player turned coach who is described as inspirational, charming, and hardcore as he is a as he is big on the hockey metaphor that applies to life. He runs the super intense summer hockey institute where the Mighty Ducks land. For season two so there was a lot of um speculation when we found out that amelia estevez was not going to be returning to the show they were thinking they were going to replace the character or replace the actor with someone else to fill in the shoes of the character but no it looks like they're switching oh no 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 i, I think they were always bringing is- in a new character because you just couldn't i mean there's three Mighty Ducks films. Emilio Estevez is in all three. He came back mm-hmm. for the first season and he's such a big part of 
the Mighty Ducks. I mean, I, I agree. They, like, they're doing the right thing if this is what they have to do. Like, they're doing the right thing. Um, but I think the fear was there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the right approach is for him to come in and play a new character. He's a good actor in his own right. And I'm sure he's going to bring something different. But ah, there was there was something special about having Emilio Estevez come back in the TV show. Mm. And the TV show, although it was a G-rated show on Disney Plus, it wasn't too kiddie. And it was a lot of fun. Like, it was a good a, show. And a bit, having a his, his character return to hockey, you just followed the journey. And it's disappointing that he's not going to be back, but I'm, I'm curious. I'll still be checking out the next season. Well, that's it. Like his story arc that, you know, that he had, it was like we got him to that point at the end of the, that season where it was like, you know, he's back. He's found that spark again. He's yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now we're just I mean, he was the character. He was the coach Bombay. We knew from the end of that first mm. Mighty Ducks movie champions. And he's gone now. <laughs> They're just going to have a character, no doubt, make reference to why he's not there in the season two premiere. And we'll get the new coach. Just move on. Yeah. Oh, well, it is what move it is. On. A live-action Godzilla and Titans TV series based in the Monteverse is in the works at Apple TV+. It'll follow the events of 2014's Godzilla and explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy, linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. If, if this was just like... If this was five years ago and you were like, okay, a TV show with Godzilla and the other Titans and, you know, all of that, I'd be like, how? How are they going to afford that? But, hey, Apple TV, they've got money. <laughs> they can absolutely afford can actually genuinely budget TV. Which is pretty amazing. I just, um, I, I, honestly, I mean, out of curiosity, and I do have Apple TV Plus, so I'll... I'll check it out. But I mean, that first Gareth Edwards movie was good. I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. I think more than most, to be honest. But the other movies, what was it? Godzilla, Gods and Monsters. Was that the second? King of Monsters. King of Monsters. And it was like, oh, okay. I suppose, yeah, you don't have Godzilla and then God. You don't want to do that. But yeah, King of Monsters and then the most recent one, Godzilla versus Kong. I've lost interest a little bit. But on TV, maybe on a weekly basis, I'd be, I mean, it did. Yeah, I mean, mean, that's it. For me, it does make sense to continue it because you're right. These movies do make money. Yeah. I think. the movies did get worse for me, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe a show could bring back just I don't know a bit of the the realism of it. Maybe in some way, I'm talking monarch. I know people hate like the human element of these movies, but it's like guys, we're humans. We need we need that element. Otherwise, it's just uh, throughout for you know <laughs> the whole time. But it's, it's it's your entry point, isn't it? Exactly. Like you we, you we do need. need- you need some humans, you need talky bits. 
<laughs> you yeah, can't just have we need monsters. to see how are we like living and surviving and being a species whilst these creatures are doing their thing like that's that's what it's all about yeah maybe they can and crazy to say maybe that if they can ground this franchise again with still you know some crazy big bombastic monster fights but just just ground it a little bit um, I'll be on board again. Like, I mean, I'll check it out and watch some of it. And if I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> and if I love it, I'll continue and I'll watch all of it. I mean, I've got to be honest, Apple TV Plus doesn't give me a lot. So I at least check things out when they make something new available. So I'll be watching Monsterverse, if that's going to be the, the title to go with. I mean, on Apple TV Plus at the moment, I've just started the After Party, first episode, excellent. I'm up to the third season of Servant. Enjoyed Ted Lasso. That's it. That is it. Really. Oh, the morning show. The morning show or morning oh, so wars, so as good. it's known here in Australia. Okay, that's a couple of things. But still, though. Yeah, anyway, I'll um, yeah, I'll check it out. All right, that's it for our our news, everybody. But we've got some recommends for you. Uh, Luke, what do you have for us? I'm going to recommend. Trigger Point, a new British drama from producer Jed Mercurio. You may be familiar with him. He is the guy behind Line of Duty, which you know is a show I love and I've talked about and recommended on the pod previously. The series focuses on a bomb disposal squad and stars Vicky McClure and Adrian Lester. Now, with this recommendation, it's a six-part show. So far, here in Australia, it is on Stan with one episode in. I'm recommending it, just in case <laughs> you're out there, you're listening, you've not checked out this show yet, you absolutely should. There's not many shows you could go all in on a recommend after one episode, but I knew this show was going to deliver anyway. And it absolutely does. It builds and builds the tension. I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, again, it's following a bomb disposal squad. It's tense. It is very tense at times. You've got great performances. Vicky McClaw, she's also in Lana Duty. It is, it is a great show. It is a great show. And again, here in Australia, it is available on Stan. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. I am looking forward to episode two. Well, all right then. One episode is risky. It's risky. Okay. I've got to recommend a show um, that we sat down and we watched over two nights. That's how easily digestible this show is. I've got to say, I enjoyed the show. I'm laying out a few details before I actually tell you what it is. I enjoyed the show but it is probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> so, but you know what? I'm still going to recommend it because I'm like, I think people need to watch it and just, just enjoy how stupid and just crazy and nonsensical and maybe even borderline awful this show is. It sounds like I hate it, but... Oh, mate, come on. What is it? I'm, I'm on the edge of the seat here. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Oh, mate, I really, really want to see this show. I've been away this weekend and I've not been able to watch it. It looks great. Eight episodes, like 20 minutes each. It essentially is like a 
two and a half hour movie really like it's 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 that easy to watch we probably could have done it in one night but we were tired um Kristen Bell stars as this woman in this dark comedy thriller it's not actually really that funny unless I don't know maybe it's meant to be I mean well it's a it's a satire it's 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 playing up like girl on the train you know, all of those. Yeah. That recent one with um, Amy Adams, what was it Woman in the Window? But it's, yeah. it is, like, it's not meant to be laugh out loud funny from what I've heard, but it, it is playing up all those tropes. It is sort of, yeah, like, doing all of that stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm, I mean, we were gripped, me and the wife, like, we were watching this in, like, every twist and turn and reveal, we're like, okay, mysteries, what's going on? And okay. But then it's just, like, characters are so ridiculous and crazy but i guess it's what you're saying is it's because they're they're doing that satirical twist on it but it's just weird it's like it's it's just delivered it with such sincerity that i don't know it's just hard i'm still kind of processing it because it's it's so bizarre and then you get to the end of the you know you get the the, the reveal of the big mystery and you're just like okay that was unexpected it's a little oh, bit ridiculous. I, I, but, oh, it's it's something. It's weird. I really want to see it. I mean, I was going to watch it anyway, but I will absolutely <laughs> take your recommendation. So look, I'm recommending it because I'm like, it's worth watching, but just don't blame me if you just don't know what to do with yourself at the end of it. <laughs> because it's it's sometimes strange, you'll see a preview for something and you just think, you know what, I feel like that was made for me. And I'm I'm here for it. I really want to see this show. <laughs> It's really good. Awesome. Okay, cool. Look, I've got a bit of trivia before we wrap up. And I figured, hey, how often do we talk about Wallace and Gromit? So here's a little bit about them. Um, just going to like the production, you know, stop frame animation and stuff like that, just to just to highlight how excruciatingly painful it must be. Each character moves about 12 times a second to achieve, you know, the the lifelike animation. Um but this little fun fact here, when Gromit wags his tail, especially when he's wagging it enthusiastically, in a 30-second, like, I guess, sequence, it's 360 movements to make that tail do what it's doing. That's my trivia. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's such a long process. And we said earlier that they tried a different approach with CGI. And although, yes, it takes, takes a, a very long time for them to achieve what they achieve, but I'm really glad that they put their work in. But yeah, wow. Since, yeah. 30 seconds, 360 movements. And that's just on his tail. That's not including everything else that's happening in the shot, in the frame. It's pretty, pretty crazy. But I appreciate the, I appreciate the work that they put into it. <laughs> Good. I was trying to do a quick search on on the other episodes, and I honestly I can't remember. I grew up watching Wilson Gromit, and no doubt you did as well. But you mentioned didn't you the wrong trousers? Yeah. And there was there was three that they that they did, and I'm really struggling to find what they were. Um, I feel like we do need to name check them. Oh, okay. A grand day out was another one the one where they try and go to the moon 
Oh, don't ask follow-up questions. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Wallace and Gromit, we had a grand day out in 89, the wrong trousers in 93, and a close shave in 95. And a close shave is what spun off Sean the Sheep. Yeah. And then in 05, we got the movie The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. There it is. There we go. So that's your Wallace and Gromit. But it, like every Christmas, like Wallace and Gromit was on and like throughout the year. You'd always, always watch them. And always so much fun. Oh, like I said, I'm up for another Wallace and Gromit movie. But that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Scream and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from That Film's Due. See you soon. <laughs>